We get it. You're busy. You don't have time to waste on the mainstream media. That's why Salem News Channel is here. We have hosts worth watching, actually discussing the topics that matter. Andrew Wilkow, Dinesh D'Souza, Brandon Tatum, and more. Open debate and free speech you won't find anywhere else. We're not like the other guys. We're Salem News Channel. Watch anytime on any screen for free 24-7 at snc.tv. And on Local Now, Channel 525. Living in the Father's house without the Father's heart. That's a pretty good description of that second prodigal son in Luke 15. As we'll see next on today's edition of Truth For Today. parable of the prodigal son. We all know it by heart for the most part, especially if we've been Christians for any length of time. It's that one son that takes off with the inheritance, squanders it, and pretty much disassociates himself from his father only to return to be restored again. But we often fail to realize the other son was just as much a prodigal. He was inside the father's house, but never really had his father's heart. So we'll take a look at that today as we continue our look at the prodigal sons and the love of the father in the father's house without the father's heart. Here's Pastor Phil Howard with today's broadcast of Truth For Today. Verse 25, most of the time this story focuses all on the first half, that of the younger brother's return. But I want us to focus today on the second half. The boys come home. He's dirty, he's bankrupt, he's wasted his life. The father runs to him, embraces him, and says, we're going to throw a party. We're going to celebrate. Meanwhile, verse 25, the older son was in the field. When he came near the house, he heard music and dancing. So he called one of the servants and asked him what was going on. Your brother has come, he replied, and your father has killed the fattened calf because he has him back safe and sound. The older brother became angry and refused to go in. So his father went out and pleaded with him. But he answered his father, Look, all these years I've been slaving for you and and never disobeyed your orders. Yet you never gave me even a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours who has squandered your property with prostitutes comes home, you kill the fattened calf for him. I must say this. We're never told in the narrative by Jesus that he had done this, but this is what the older brother accuses him of. So it's interesting. This is what the older brother said. How did he know? When you're an older brother... You have a very suspicious mind of sinners. My son, the father said, you are always with me and everything I have is yours. But we had to celebrate and be glad because this brother of yours was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. Now, once again, what is the audience Jesus tells these three stories to? Back in chapter 15, verse 1. Now the tax collectors and sinners were all gathering around to hear him. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law muttered, 
This man welcomes sinners and eats with them. This is the theological tension. And Jesus knows it, that he's got two audiences. The Pharisees are always plotting to kill him, trapping. They despise him. They are the religious representatives of the day. But sinners, the known bad people of the day, are attracted and always welcomed by Christ. So they, make, they put it together. If you are a holy and a good man, you wouldn't attract bad people. The very fact that bad people like to be around you makes you suspect. You must be like who you attract. And so here Christ says, let me tell you something. And he starts with three stories. He said, let me tell you about a man that had a sheep that was lost. And he went after it and he found it and he brought it back. And all kinds of rejoicing going on and repentance really in these parables is the joy of being found. Repentance is the joy of being made whole again. So he said, you all understand that a man would go after one lost sheep. You know there'd be joy rejoicing. So you must know that God is this kind of God. He's at least as great as a shepherd that would lose a sheep. Two, let me tell you about a woman who would lose a coin in her dowry. One out of ten. She seeks, she sweeps, she searches, and when she finds it, she once again rejoicing. You must know this in life. Something once lost and found again doubles its value. Have you ever lost your wedding ring? Go swimming somewhere, take it off or whatever, or... Have you ever had a child that was lost to you? And they came back to you? They doubled their worth. Don't tell them that before they leave. But when they come back, they're double. Because there's nothing like having something that's been lost and then retrieved. I know, I'm finding my glasses all the time. Anybody there? Yeah, thank you. Then he goes from this uh, lost coin... And he starts telling about a lost son. And all we seem to ever look at is the rebellious son. The boy that goes out, at least gets 20 tattoos, probably winds up in rehab. Wait, we know all acquainted with the young son. And we got a thousand scenarios of what the young son does. Rebel. Deserved to be shot. Bad. Bad. But that only deals with the sinners in the audience. Now Christ moves, and I think he hits closer to home to the religious leaders that are in the crowd. And he starts talking about an older brother. And out of the three stories, this upsets the whole story. It's never resolved. It even, uh, in literary analysis, it doesn't. It's never concluded. It's suspended on the seventh stanza. It never gets the eighth stanza. And Kenneth Bailey has done extensive literary analysis of Arabic and this literature. It's never resolved. The story we leave with the elder brother still outside the party, still mad at the father, 
still will not welcome his brother. It's never resolved. It ends on tension. There's five things that I think we can learn from this elder brother that uh, ought to warn us. It's really scary to think of an elder brother. He is as lost as his younger brother. The only thing is he's lost in the father's house. The younger brother is lost in the far country. This elder brother is lost while at home. You see, both boys were dead to their father. They wanted what their father had. Neither one loved the father. Give me the property. And the older brother keeps talking about, I've slaved for you. I'm earning this inheritance. But he obviously, by his behavior, does not love what the father loves, doesn't love the father's party, doesn't love the father's son, doesn't love the father's joy. There is no harmony at all. He doesn't have the father's heart. I see at least five things. Let me share them this way. The elder brother is one who likes to stay on the property but never comes to the party. Two, he uh, is someone characterized by anger and not joy. Uh, Three, he has uh, turned sonship into duty and not delight. Uh, Fourthly, this is an astounding, he abdicates the role of the elder brother in that he will not seek the younger brother. And this was the role of an older brother. And finally, he leaves the whole story in suspense. And we're asking, is it ever resolved? Uh, First thing, he's on the property, uh, but he will never come to the party. He's in the religion business. Uh, He's full of being uh, right and judging sinners and judging all these people Jesus are running around with. But in the story, he's out in the field. You never see him in the house, even here. He's out in the field. The whole village knows what's happened. He's the last to get the news. And by the time he gets it, he asks a young boy, what's going on? Well, haven't you heard? The whole village knows about it. Out taking care of the property, maybe taking care of the crops, doing everything He has no proximity to the father's heart or the father's party. He's just, he's not in it. It's totally a a disjunct with the rest of the uh, parables. It's, It's out of kilter with the shepherd and the sheep that everybody rejoices. It's out of kilter with the woman. You mean you've got somebody in these parables that's not happy, that something lost is found? You do. He's called the elder brother. Who is the elder brother? Obviously, Jesus is addressing it to the Pharisees. What's scary sometimes is churches start looking like elder brothers. They're all into everything about the property. They're all into buildings and bodies and budgets. But they're not into the Father's heart. You can hang around the premises and never have the Father's heart. That's why some people, they don't know what it is to worship when they meet with the saints. They're too busy texting, too busy thinking about what they're going to eat, too busy trying to get over the spat they have with a wife on the way to church. They just hang out. It's nice. 
You meet some nice people. Matter of fact, they even give you coffee in the morning. Where else can you get a free cup of coffee? They're around on the premises. But the father's agenda and the father's heartbeat, they don't have a clue. What's interesting about this, it said the older brother became angry and refused to go in. Listen to what the rabbi said. It is better for a man that he should cast himself into a fiery furnace rather than that he should put a fellow to shame in public. That was just, you don't make an adult male of patriarchal status ever lose face in public, let alone the son do this. He is angry with his dad and publicly at the party, the guests, probably the music stopped, the dancing stops, the dad steps outside because he's told you, your son's out here, he won't come in, and he's as mad as he can be. And you see this dad who, what the custom was, when you had this kind of rebellion, they would take and they would lock the rebellious son into a room until the party was over, and then afterwards, the servants would flog him in front of the father. You don't get away with this. But what's astounding in the story, the father gives the younger son his inheritance without killing him, without flogging him, nothing but compassion. And you would say, he's being stupid like a sap. No, that's not at all entered the story. He's being as compassionate as God is to sinners. And over here, instead of punishing the son, the father takes the public humiliation at the party in front of all the guests. He's pleading with his older son, why don't you come and enter into that which makes me happy? And you're as mad as you can be. Uh, Elder brothers don't have much joy. And, uh, of course, Christless religion has no joy. Without Christ, there's no joy. A good way to test your faith is, is it a faith that makes me happy? One time a man was standing down in Houston trying to get people to come into a rescue mission. And uh, he was working on these couple of guys. And I I heard a guy tell the story and and he was out there, come on in here. Jesus loves you. And he looked pretty bedraggled, rather down. And the guy says, I want to know if I go in there, will it do to me what it's done for you? And the guy says, I think it will. He said, no, thanks. I got enough problems of my own. Do you invite people to this church? You don't if you're not happy. If you don't have joy, it's hard to give away a faith that makes you miserable. Is your faith contagious? Do they ever accuse you? Where are you getting this joy? You're burying a mother. You're burying a loved one. You're going through this. But anger has replaced joy. And that is the stance of the religious leaders of the day. They're mad at this itinerant rabbi. They're mad at Christ. And what is Christ doing? Simply gathering sinners into his arms, simply telling the love of God, and yet the elder brother is plenty mad and refuses to come into the party. Uh, He doesn't love the father's heart. What makes the father happy doesn't make him happy. Matter of fact, he says, 
Uh, I wouldn't go to your party because there's nobody there I want to be with. He said, if you killed a goat for me, I'd get my own friends, which is very insightful. Nobody that you like to be with, Father, I want to be with. I'd have my own guest list. Those in that party is this dirty rascal brother of mine that he never calls his brother. He never calls you my brother. He doesn't refer to him. He's your son. He's not my brother. And uh, he simply stays angry, and the father just keeps pleading with him, come in, come in. Son, I'll forgive you. I don't want, this is not a day for floggings. This is not a day for uh, inflicting pain. This is a day of rejoicing. Please, please, this is your brother that was lost, that is found. This is your brother that was dead to me. And guess what? He didn't say it. And so are you dead to me. You just have stayed at home, but he has been dead out there. You've been dead at home. You both are dead to my heart. And if I could forgive him, I can beg you, come into the party. Come into the party. Celebrate the restoration of a family that's been broken, dysfunctional, Neither one of you boys like me. You want the estate. You wanted the money. You wanted the property. You don't want me. You want the car keys. You want the money. You want a party. You don't want kids to know you got an old man like me. I know that. But that doesn't affect how I feel about you. I love you boys. And I know you're hanging around just because I've got the money. Come into the party. This was the greatest party when he killed that calf. Uh, in the Middle East, at this time and place, you didn't have fresh meat. And you sure didn't eat calf. That, that was the best meat you could have of the day. And it kind of refers to it, to the calf, the fattened. I mean, this was for this special occasion. And they usually figured a calf would feed about 100 to 120 people. So when we kill this, this is the best meal in town. The whole village is going to show up. Nothing like this has ever happened in the town as far as the father putting this on. Come, this is the feast of feast. You've never seen your daddy this happy. You've never seen your dad uh, spend this much. Now, if you're an elder brother, you were counting how much it costs because he's got the inheritance. Why are you spending money welcoming a dirty, rascal son back? And the father says, it's my heart. You remember the shepherd, when he found the sheep, they threw a party in heaven. When the woman found the coin, it's like God throwing a party in heaven. Well, this father here is still like God. I want to throw a party when sinners come back to me, when that which is dead. And did you know that all of you without Christ at one time were dead and God found you and quickened you and made you alive? You ought to party about that, that you are now alive to the God you were dead to dead in sins and trespasses, now quicken. And you know who got us in? The true elder brother. And that's what Christ became for us. He's not here now. He's extracted himself from the story. And he's saying, if I'm not in the story, there's nobody to care about throwing a party. Without Jesus, there's nobody to find that which is lost. So, uh, I think it's interesting what the uh, elder brother says. Look, all these years I've been slaving for you and never disobeyed your orders. 
Yet you never gave me even a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. Notice, not your friends in the party, my friends. But when this son of yours who has squandered your property with prostitutes come home, you kill the fattened calf for him. The scary thing about the religion of Phariseeism in the day of Christ Never were there people any closer to God and yet any further away than Judaism of Christ's day. They knew the law. They loved the Torah. They could run to the Scriptures and tell you where Messiah would be born. And even when it comes to his crucifixion, they said, oh, we must not kill him on a Sabbath. We've got to kill a man according to Scripture. They were full of Scripture. They knew the scriptures. They just didn't know the power nor the love of God. Their religion had become one of duty and works and merit, not one of rejoicing over sinners. It was joyless and it was duty. Here's a son that says, my relationship to you is that of a slave. I'm slaving for you all the time. And he probably thought, if I behave good enough for long enough, the old man's going to die, and then I can throw the party I want to throw. I, I'm full of works. I'm full of merit. I don't want you throwing a party for me, really. I'll earn mine. I'll work like a slave. And being around the father was not why he was hanging around. He was hanging around to keep up the, uh, the, uh, the place that he was going to inherit. Uh, hey, i got to maintain the property. I don't have time to get all caught up with my dad. I heard a marvelous story uh, that a preacher was telling. He said that uh, when he's going through college, uh, he decided to take musical appreciation because he wanted an easy A. And he heard the class was easy. So he signed up and he said, his motives went this way. If I get an A, it'll help my GPA. Uh, if I get an A, I can graduate with honors, ultimately. If you graduate with honors, I ultimately want to make a lot of money. They look at maybe your transcript. Where did you graduate? Were you cum laude or laude? How come? You know, they're going to check that kind of stuff out. And so uh, they're looking me over. All, everything about taking that class was for a goal in mind that had nothing to do with music. I wanted to make more money. I wanted to look good. I wanted a GPA. And he said, of all things, he had to listen to Mozart. He said, and uh, he was, Mo- Mozart and this teacher that he had always wanted him to contrast Mozart with Haydn and, and compare. How are they different? How's their composition? He said, he listened to so much Mozart, you could not believe. All to get an easy A. He said, guess what? Today I buy Mozart. I buy his music. You know why? Duty turned into delight. I fell in love with what he does. I now listen to him with no goal in mind but to hear him. It, it, the, the, the goal and the end are all just to hear this genius composer and the magnificent sounds. He said, I'll pay money to hear him. And so many... They always want to go to God as to this father. Can you give me something? Can you give me something? I'll serve you if you'll come through. If you'll do this for me. 
If you do that for me, God has not become the goal and the end of it. If I just have you, God, I've got everything I wanted. And this is Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. As we conclude our time together today, we would invite you to contact us if you have questions, comments about the broadcast. Maybe you have a question about your own walk and relationship with the Lord or a prayer request. We'd love to hear from you. Please get in touch with us today. Now, we have a couple of ways to do so. The easiest might be simply visiting our website, truthfortodayradio.org. You can drop us an email. We have other means of contact that you'll find there at truthfortodayradio.org. We also have a lot of resource materials available for your growth and relationship with Christ. Our design and desire is to see that you grow in Christ, grow according to His knowledge and grace. Any way we can help, well, that's why we're here. Men, you are invited to join us here at Valley Bible Church for our 2023 men's conference. It's called Walking to Win. Are you mission-minded for the Lord? It'll all be surrounding John 9, verse 4. It takes place Friday, March 17th, 6 to 9 p.m. Check-in begins at 5.30. And then Saturday, March the 18th, 8 a.m. to 2 p.m., Breakfast begins at 8 a.m. Lunch is served 12 to 1. Now the cost per attendee for the both days, $50 for men 18 and older, $25 for youth 12 to 17. It includes dinner Friday, breakfast, and lunch on Saturday. Again, that is Friday, March 17th, and Saturday, March 18th for the Valley Bible Church 2023 Men's Conference, Walking to Win, Are you mission-minded for the Lord? Call for details or stop by our website, valleybible.org. Our phone number is 510-799-3171. 510-799-3171. Guest speaker for our conference this year is Pastor Tony Arns, founding pastor of Folsom Bible Church. Join us for this year's Men's Bible Conference, Walking to Win. Thank you so much for spending time with us today. We look forward to seeing you next time we get together for another broadcast of Truth For Today.